Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Hey, everyone. This is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third-row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets, in the car while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for The Everyday Guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. Welcome to It Could Happen Here, a podcast that recognizes that Lunar New Year's is not, in fact, just one day. And in that spirit, a special New Year's episode is going on for a second day. So here's the rest of our conversation with Jan and Jan. You know, the, the other thing I wanted to sort of touch on, like, this is, I think, kind of diverting off the topic, but I think is also something that I've been running into a lot, which is that, like, you know, you have this kind of, like, you know, you have this kind of bind, right? Because on the one hand, you're stuck between... You know, like a lot, a lot of the organizing in sort of in Asian communities has all of these problems. And then, you know, OK, well, you know, the, the other thing that's happening is is the sort of mainstream American left and the mainstream American left. And I think the Canadian left has problem, similar problems with this is that like it's a bunch of just like it's a bunch of tankies. It's a bunch of people who love the CCP. It's a bunch of just 
weird genocide deniers and like people who think that every Asian person who like doesn't like the government is a CIA psyop and I don't know this is something that I've like I mean I've, I ran into a lot trying to I mean help people doing Hong Kong organizing is something I've run into just in like every organized like I've, I've, run, I've run into this in anarchist spaces too like it's it's just I don't know. It, it 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 feels really bad because it's like like you're you're just sort of caught between, and I, I guess this is sort of there's this three way triangulation, right? Because on the one hand, you have this sort of like you you have the 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 local dynamics with you know the sort of the ascendance of these these the sort of reactionary small business owners. You have this you know the the, the Chinese community also being sort of split in between like pro and anti CCP factions, both of whom have like are absolutely chock full of just fanatical right wingers. It's like, well, okay, it's like the CCP versus the Epoch Times, and it's like I don't want any of them to win. And then you zoom out, and you're caught in the middle of this sort of. You're caught in the middle of this sort of. I I don't know. I I think it's sort of like a Fox geopolitical struggle, but like one of one of the big sort of ideological conflicts being between both the CCP and the U.S. Sort of like using the specter of each other to sort of like disturb their bases. And I don't know. I'm incredibly frustrated by it. I'm incredibly frustrated by the way that these groups have like the anti-CCP, like the, 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 the pro CCP groups have sort of selectively been using anti, like selectively been using anti-Asian violence as, you know, the, to basically making the argument that the importance of anti-Asian violence is that, uh, well, this only happens because people say mean things about the CCP, and if no one didn't like the CCP, then uh, there wouldn't be any violence, even though like anti-Asian violence here predates the existence of a communist party in China by centuries. Like we, we like the we we invaded we'd invaded China like how many times? At least twice, maybe three. <sighs> I think at least twice and maybe three times, like before there was a communist party. And so I don't know. I, I, I feel trapped a lot between these dynamics in ways that are very frustrating. And yeah, I guess I want to open the floor up to talk about that. I guess I see it as like co-optation partly. Um, but I, I guess I also see it as, how power works like I there's like this uh local paper and I was researching sort of the history of Chinese diaspora organizing locally and there was a spat in the paper between two people who one of whom is from um a newer Hong Kong diaspora. There was like a whole spat um, in the paper about his history. And there's the history of like those tensions are like written in the community itself. Like it's, it's, it's not a new thing that people argue about what happened on June 4th. It's not new that people are really mistrustful of each other and that there are actual like government forces that infiltrate and create us like basically deny other people's struggles. Like 
um, when that the, the, that government is themselves perpetuating it. And I guess it just is really hard when fellow organizers that you otherwise really like want to get along with are are like uncritical of the state that has oppressed your family <laughs> because yep. you're just kind of like you're kind of like wait so are we have we had a conversation about this like we clearly haven't talked enough if this is what you believe in and it's just a little bit hard because it's like community building is not assuming that we're in solidarity community building is actually like doing that hard work like what is your community experiencing and what is my community experiencing how are we being like weaponized against each other like yeah how are these governments like manipulating like communities but that's like really hard when trust has been probably broken like yeah. immediately <laughs> yeah i think you're so right that it's it's really about co-optation and a, a lot of it like what i've witnessed is really so much about um, and this is like, like you're saying, Jane, this is a much older dynamic than, you know, just the past couple of years is like, uh, states being able to use this kind of home and diaspora framework to, um, demand loyalty through like targeting diaspora people's guilt. Yeah. Um, and so there's so many like guilty diaspora people I know who are like, you know, usually from, usually from a class perspective, right? Because they had the reason their family had the resources to leave or uh, they were not born in the home country or whatever uh, because of their family background, that type of thing. And they want to subsume that by taking this radical, you know, anti-US, anti-Canada stance, um, which is fine. Like obviously being anti-US and anti-Canada is a good thing, but um the thing that's really kind of frustrated me the most is seeing these kind of like radical folks uh, in North America, um, especially queer folks who are like, they'll take the most reactionary positions against women and queer and, you know, LGBT folks in China, for example, uh, by supporting a state that is uh, repressing them. Right. So it's, it's such cognitive dissonance to me. Like, I don't understand why these folks can't see, um, that they're kind of perpetuating this violence in, in the service of this kind of overarching imperative of not ever saying anything bad about China because it'll help, it'll, it'll bolster the U.S. propaganda war machine, which is like, there's absolutely a way that, I mean, that, that absolutely happens if you do that uh, uncarefully, right? If you just kind of repeat um, U.S. media narratives and stuff like that. But I think there's absolutely a way to do both, right? And um, to me, the way to do that is to not um, support the state discourses that demand loyalty from the diaspora, but to actually, you know, it's the grassroots thing, right? It's just kind of like uh, we support queer folks around the world who are struggling under repression from their governments and that type of thing. Um, and being able to very carefully say that with nuance um, and to, to be against both at the same time, for example. Um, well, that's really, really difficult, right? Um, and people have very kind of vitriolic reactions when you try and do that, um, as you know, she said up top, uh, Chris. So I don't know. This this is still the conundrum for me because I, I tend to take the more rigid stance against against these folks, but I know people who are very kind of they take a more compassionate stance, which is like these these are newly politicized youth 
Um, they're just coming to a lot of these politics and positions. Um, and, you know, being anti-U.S. is better than not being anti-U.S. Is, is what a lot of folks say. And, you know, I, I agree to a certain extent, but then it's also like, if they're being miseducated in these histories, um, that's okay to a certain point when you're exploring and discovering these things and becoming radicalized. But, you know, like Jane said, there's also these kind of material direct impacts that you have on people that you uh, work with, that you organize with, that, that are your friends or loved ones. Um, that, you know, that kind of explanation of like, oh, they're just learning is like, it's insufficient in that kind of individual way because you're still hurting people and threatening people around you. Right. So I think there has to be a balance in like being able to steer folks in, into these like non-Stalinist, non-statist directions, even while they're discovering. I hate how we're even having to be like steering people into a non-Stalinist perspective. I'm just like, I, I'm not horny for Stalin. I, like the thing that pisses me off about this is just like like they're not even Stalinists. Like this is the thing that's frustrating. Like if 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 they were merely twentieth century Stalinists, we wouldn't be having this argument because you know twentieth century Stalinism is like well yeah okay like twentieth century Stalinists are anti market economy, and it's like no they they've somehow found a way to take literally the worst aspects of Stalinism and then be like okay but what if what if what if Stalinism but also capitalism good at the same time and it's just like. How how did you do this? Like how how did you come up with an ideology that like I don't know I I mean I I think I think also a, a thing that's been frustrating to me about this is like it, it, it's a way of sort of 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 it, it becomes this way of channeling you know you have the diaspora guilt on the one hand then you have just random sort of like white leftists sort of white guilt and and it becomes this way of like channeling that into this sort of fall anti-racism where you know you get you get people who are like actual professional like hacks right like roger day for example being like uh you know to doing things like well if you if you if you if you criticize the Chinese state at all it's xenophobia and like you're directly leading to people getting killed and it's like no that's not how this works and and there's this kind of it's 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 this problem of they have this this fundamental inability to see Chinese people as people and not a sort of undifferentiated mass that can be sort of rallied behind an ideology and I don't know that's been I think weird to deal with because you know like yeah like you're always just in 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 chinese communities like you're always you're just you're just gonna have like you know there's gonna be a few people who are just sort of like pro ccp right-wingers right that's just that's just their sort of default political position but there's there's this way in which you you get this you know people adopting i mean just Things that, like, if you said this about any, like, white American, for example, if you, if you argued that any, like, a white American making $1,000 a year wasn't in poverty, right? Like, you just couldn't do it. You, like, you know, it, it's, it's, it's literally impossible. You, like, you, you'd be laughed out of the room or, you know, like, you're, you, you would, you would, you'd be, like, ratioed until the cows come home. But you can just, but everyone, I mean, people just say this constantly, 
like this is just it's just a thing that was like well if you look at poverty reduction it's like well chinese is li- china has eliminated uh absolute poverty it's like yeah okay they a thousand dollars a year is outside of this now and i, I think that there's these ways in which it, it becomes hard to to intervene in this stuff because like every every asian person specifically every chinese person just becomes a sort of token that like you know you just sort of like throw at each other as this like oh well yeah i here's a chinese person who says the ccp is good it's like well here's another chinese person who says that it's bad and it's like you never it's like on both sides whether whether the pro ccp people realize it or not it's their agencies being sort of stripped by them and they've, they've been turned into the sort of instrumentalized like you know, in in the, in the same thing that they're also doing to us is they're, they're turning into sort of these instruments that you can use to like back your own sort of political agenda. And this, I don't know, I like th- this has gotten me to just I I just don't work with these people anymore. Like we tried it, it was a disaster. They screwed us over, and so I don't know. But 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 I think that's 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 a lonely stance in a lot of ways. Like. You know, if if you take this kind of like hardline position, you're not gonna. Most people, even other people who don't support it, probably won't follow you there. I don't know. It's weird because I find a lot of organizing is really lonely. It's like it's <laughs> it's not like like I want to post a rant being like. Why aren't you all donating to this? But that's not, that's also guilt, right? That's like projecting guilt onto other people. Um, and that's not an effective tool. And I think that like, like, we're so right in addressing both the white guilt, but also the diaspora guilt. And also just how frustrating it is to organize against the state when it's like two people like three people doing it in a little group project for lack of a better word but it's sort of like how do we make this sustainable when it's so lonely and how do we use the resources that are available to us to not replicate these systems yet again and I guess when it comes to the left or progressives in Canada it's like so frustrating because it's like there isn't actually a lot of community outreach to like racialized communities there's no translation there's a lot of like nonprofit work that is frankly very draining and co-opted themselves um like it's it's a a bunch of social service organizations and a trench coat and a bunch of political organizations that don't work together or talk to each other in a trench coat and um so I understand why youth would join like leftist like radical organizing but it it's just really heartbreaking when it's you're they end up reading uh, in reading groups where they're reading historical or so-called historical texts that erase your histories. Like it is just such a, like, like reading is great. Like political education is incredible. (laughs) Um, But I'm like, it's hard not to grow resentful (laughs) 
when the guy at the top is a university educated white dude and they're reading texts that literally erase your entire family and it's um that like yeah for me it's like just really personal that way it's like there are people who are suffering in the present and you're reading a text by a white sociologist from the 80s like like not like I'm like it's not that like I don't think that we should do that political education it's just that like at a reading group will you listen to me when I call you out (laughs) yeah I I definitely you know both of you saying that this work is really lonely, especially if you take, if you stand up for yourself or you, you really kind of stand by your principles. It's, I think that's so true. And, um, you know, not to speak for everyone in Lausanne, but just my experience has been like, you know, everyone, just everyone hates us. <laughs> yeah. Like it's, you know, we, we get hate from the right, we get hate from the left. Um, and, from Hong Kong diaspora, from the Hong Kong locals. Like it's, it's just, sometimes it's really hard to see, you know, it, because we're, we're trying to stay true to our principles, but it's hard to see sometimes uh, whether there's an impact or whether we're just kind of like in a little echo chamber with 20 other people, you know what I mean? And um, it's hard to find that balance because I don't want to become more and more pragmatist where I'm just like, all right, well, you know, I'll work with these people, but I don't agree with them on these fundamental issues just on this one campaign or whatever it happens to be. I don't know. I, I know that's a part of like building power, quote unquote, like that a lot of uh, certain socialist groups like to do, or they, they really focus on that kind of thing. But uh, I don't know if it's too much of an academic view to, to be like, if you're going to do it that way, you're, you're, you're tainting the outcome already, right? Because you're not addressing these kind of fundamental issues from the start. Um, and I think that view can sometimes lead to like a lot of non-starters where you're just like, things don't ever get off the ground because you insist on whatever fundamental principle that you, that you want to stick to, uh, like anti-nationalism, for example. So yeah, just, just kind of reiterating and and commiserating with you all on the, the loneliness of that. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet that's right up to $1,500 again sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in Ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park that's 1-800-GAMBLER me Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no Spice Girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. 
big screen. I want to be remembered for just being me. Amy Winehouse, Back to Black, directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R, under 17, not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality, potency, and consistency. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals, committed to improving your life as well as the world around you. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a Job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. think that like not working in these sort of united front things is is this like sort of pure ideological position but like you know i mean so when when occupy ice was happening right occupy ice wound up being a kind of big front thing and one of the groups involved with it was the was the party for socialism liberation who are this sort of like very much sort of like they're, they're based the tanky cult like They've, they've done a lot of other horrible stuff that we'll talk about at some point. But I mean, one of the things that happens in Occupy ICE is that they, you know, in, in Philadelphia, they they destroy the encampment. Uh, like they, they, they convince enough people to just leave and do this completely pointless like march. They can do a photo op of like people in front of the mayor's office and they do it and the camp collapses because suddenly there's not enough people. You know, they, they don't even get a majority of the people, but it doesn't matter because they've pulled enough people out that, you know, we, that the, the camp couldn't be held against the cops anymore. And I think that, in some senses, is this kind of microcosm of what they, of what these people actually do, which is that you know the, the, these people will never have any actual institutional power, right? You know, the, the, they're they're never going to create their like Stalinist state or whatever. Like, they're never going to get this. They're they're never going to hold any power. What they can do is there are enough of them. They can they can siphon off enough people from actual leftist movements into this sort of just like white room pro capitalist stuff that they can they can cause movements to collapse and i mean they've done this they they did a lot of this during the uprising in 2020 there is a lot of them you know intentionally leading people on pointless marches there's a lot of cooperating with the police and stuff like that and and i think that you know it, it's 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 like having seen that like multiple times right i i i you know it i'm i you know for me like not working with them was a is an incredibly pragmatic position because we tried it and they they blew it up but it's this problem especially you know you have people who are radicalized in like 2020 and it's like well yeah i mean i don't know like a lot of them never saw this stuff right don't know who these people are and their first introduction to the left is this like incredibly well-financed uh like media blitz 
and I think that has, you know, I, th- I think that has consequences both for us as sort of like people on the left doing like, like Chinese people on the left doing our own diaspora organizing. And it has consequences for the broader left. And like, you, you can see other sort of versions of this, right. Where, you know, you, you have a sort of right wing movement infiltrating leftist spaces and destroying them. Like there, there, like there, there was a thing like deep green resistance basically blew up a, uh, like an anti-lithium protest in the U S by just like going there and just, hammering transphobia constantly and so i don't know i i think there's there's this sort of dilemma because fundamentally like they, they will say a lot of the same things we do but we have fundamentally different goals and that manifests itself at you know on the level of 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 organizing individual campaigns but it's something that's really hard to get people to see i think we've lost a lot of movements because of it. Yeah. And not to be, you know, not to pile on the cynicism or anything, but I think I I honestly do think, uh, you know, as all this new cold war stuff ramps up, which is like completely independent of what a lot of folks like grassroots folks are even thinking or advocating. It's all just kind of up to the, the, the two, uh, you know, Chinese and U.S. governments, as they ramp up their own tensions, I think it's really going to start, like, people are going to start, these people who are, um, you know, tankies or whatever, are going to start narrowing our choices further and further, right? Like, you know, soon it's going to be anathema to to not, you know, take the anti-U.S. position and that's it, you know what I mean? And I think that's really scary. To me, I don't, I last year I thought there was still room for intervention, but things are closing so quickly. And, you know, my personal opinion is that a lot of these kind of uh, bigger groups like no cold war um, and others like code pink are, are definitely being, you know, that they have much more funding than a lot of uh, other groups who are forwarding more nuanced positions and so, like you're saying, it's just like these media blitzes, this, the, these shiny uh, events and all those different things are very appealing to, to newly radicalized folks, right? Because they think that this this is where the power is and this is where we can actually make a difference. Um, and yeah, things to me, things look pretty bleak in, in the near future. Uh, yeah, I mean, it I... just takes one. Yeah. I, I will say I think I think they 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 made one major strategic mistake, which is that they tried to do the new the the push the giant like new Cold War with China thing at the exact moment that the U.S. and Russia were like heating up an actual, and and this left them like kind of off balance because they'd been for the last two years the whole thing's been the U.S. is going to accelerate tensions with China, U.S. is going to accelerate tensions with China, and then it turns out that they're not doing that, and in fact. <laughs> Like they're gearing up for just more proxy war stuff with Russia, which is the thing they've been doing for the past decade. So I think, like, I don't know. Like, I think they, the, the their problem essentially is that they run into reality, and there there are certain points at which, like, you know, you you can lie a lot, right? But when 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 the lie that you're pushing is about what the mainstream media is going to say, and the mainstream media just pivots and is just completely about something that's entirely unrelated like i think i think that hurts them i think the other thing that the other problem they have that that makes me hopeful is that the way their their base is getting split by just the anti-vax grifters because so so many of their media people just 
you know, are, are, are just, are just full on grifters. And, you know, and you're, you're seeing splits right now in gray zone about like basically between pro and anti-vax factions. And I think that also will help us in the long run because, you know, say, say, say what you want about most leftists and even most tankies, like anti-vax is like a bit far even for them. And because, you know, and the other things like the, 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 it's it's hard to do anti-vax without beginning to take positions that just like it's been baked into with just sort of anti-chinese racism in 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 so many ways that like you can't really like you know like you you can't simultaneously be pro incredibly ccp and then also be talking about how the u.s is trying to implement social credit right you know these these are these these positions are just contradictory and i think that's something that plays to our advantage and I, I think is weakening them to some extent because they've they they tried to have their cake and eat it too and now they're sort of I don't know, their 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 conspiracy theory base is is interfering with their like left base in, in ways I think are helpful for us. Uh, it's just so interesting how like the anti-vax position is literally rooted in racism and ableism like um there's an article in the conversation called the inherent racism of the anti-vax movement that has like really good history around white settlers being afraid of african medicine um um and then there's also just the ableism of assuming that your kid will get autism <laughs> if you get vaccinated that was that that's been a huge thing before the pandemic and that was part of how this was effective in the first place and um yeah and obviously the anti-chinese um like uh anti-asian like scapegoating as well but um I guess that also ties into like just how broadly ableist the left is and how like disability justice is not something that a lot of people know about um or care about and it's yeah I don't know it's a huge problem for me as a disabled person yeah, I wanted to add really quickly too. I mean, I, I totally agree with you. And, you know, I think one of the pernicious things that I've noticed though is like these kind of big, you know, quote unquote anti uh, imperialist accounts, like on Instagram, for example, um, they, they take this anti vax position precisely by saying that it's anti racist to take that position, which is like, it sounds, that sounds very counterintuitive. It's not, that does not reflect reality, but they will point to instances of, you know, anti-Black U.S. Um, U.S. medicine, for example, you know, like the Tuskegee uh, experiments, and then say, this is why we shouldn't trust the U.S. government on any of this, right? Because look what they've done in the past. And it's like, that logic makes a lot of sense in, in a lot of ways, right? But, you know, they, they obviously ignore the impacts that, you know, anti-vax uh, and COVID has had on you know, black and other uh, POC populations, right? So I think, I don't know if it's exact, like, I don't know if it, 
is appearing as hypocrisy to those people and then the, their audiences too, right? Because I think they're able to spin it in this in this way. Yeah, but I I think I think my 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 argument here is I I don't think those are the same. I don't think those are the same bases. Like I I don't I don't think that the majority of the tanky base are people who are anti-vaxxers. And, you know, you, you, you can see a line of this, right. Of, of, you know, like one of the big things that like they, they're, they're obsessed with sort of like with the Cuban healthcare system, right. And like Cuba's, uh, Cuba's vaccines, you see this stuff from them a lot. And, you know, and they'll also talk about like, yeah, like China's doing really well at hitting COVID. And I, I don't think those positions are like I, I don't think those people are the same people who are also turning around and then talking about how like you know talk doing the Kiki experiments the vaccines are actually like racism thing I think I think there's some overlap between them but but I don't think that those bases line up enough for it to you know not have the effect of just kind of like tearing them apart as their media people f- flip into into one of the sort of camps and and I, I think the other thing like you know if, if you look at what's happening with like uh like max blumenthal right now is that he's just like full-on like like he's just full-on touring with like just straight up right wingers to an extent that even like even people who've been habituated by the sort of like syria false flags stuff into sort of working with right wingers like you can't look at these people that you know, it's just these actually just like Republican operatives, and be like, well, okay, we're we're on the side of these people, and also like support Cuba. I, I just I don't know. I, I I have I have some faith in these groups being separate and there being a, there being a a point of cognitive dissonance where the system breaks down. I I I guess I I've seen people who have gotten out of tankyism by having to interact with the actual ccp and and that 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 gives me hope that there's there there's there's a point of cognitive dissonance at which it falls apart and i don't know i maybe maybe i'm just sort of like hopiuming here but i feel like it's so interesting how like there are a lot of people for whom politics is a parlor game yeah and not their everyday like lived experience like i would not be so like i like if i see my communities struggling um and when people are dying or people are really like struggling with intergenerational trauma i'm not gonna sit here and pontificate and theorize about like um things that don't impact my communities um and yeah like the 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 angle about class is so important here because it's like a lot of people can't insulate themselves from like the broader communities around them like if you're going around saying untruths in the media and your communities are like hey that that makes no sense like um if you're actually connected to people like like you would hopefully, unless you're just a big asshole, um, you you would hopefully take some accountability for what you're saying. Um, and I, I, yeah, I just, I just worry because this pandemic has also like really isolated people. Yeah. Like they, people are not like talking to each other and that makes it 
more easy for people to to be like, oh, I'm I'm just right. Like this is my perspective. And I just, yeah, I think about that, the conditions in which we come to certain conclusions, like the conditions under which we become more vulnerable to culty type things or like oversimplified like understandings of history. Cause like I feel like the the anti-vax, uh, like not taking the vaccine being uh, anti-racist is a very like manipulative like argument because it ignores the fact that these experiments um, on black and indigenous people in North America and beyond are like about neglect and uh, are about um, deliberately a deliberate ongoing genocide and how, how like it's completely understandable for for people to not trust the government but but like when the vaccine is actually a tool of protecting people, like there's not a lot of like campaigns other than people who are uh, rooted in disability justice saying, hey, vaccines are like here to protect us. And how can we make how can we make like a me- like how can we resist the medical industrial complex enough such that we can make people feel safer taking the vaccine? Mm-hmm. How can we bring people in as opposed to fear mongering? Because I think that fear is so powerful. It's like, once you're afraid, you're, you're not gonna, you're not gonna even look into the research. Right. So I don't know. It's, for me, I just think of, all of this as like manipulation and human psychology on a, on a like broad social basis, because it's like the the stage is a big cult and these little groups are little cults. (laughs) Yeah. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Me. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no Spice Girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. For just being me. Amy Winehouse. Back to Black. Directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R. Under 17. Not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th.
With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality, potency, and consistency. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals, committed to improving your life as well as the world around you. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a Job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. Yeah, did, did you have any other uh, things you want to say before we head out? Happy New Year. Yeah. <laughs> Year of the Tiger. I'm yeah. looking forward to retweeting art, like, actually. <laughs> okay, February, I guess. February, not January 1st. Yeah, we, yeah, we should, I think my, okay, okay. Clo- clo- closing, less depressing question. Yeah, what, what, what do you think is the etiquette on retweeting uh, like yeah, re- retweeting like you're the tiger art before the actual before like Lunar New Year's. <laughs> <laughs> I've I've been torn on it because I just I I like the art, but also I'm like it's not the year yet. I haven't seen any. I guess I, I guess I'm lucky. <laughs> I have been either guilty or just. <laughs> Not guilty, depending on how you see it. Like, I have retweeted all of the tiger art on January 1st because I did not care. I wanted to see the tigers. Um, But I hope that I see more tigers, like, in the coming days because if the tigers aren't coming or if we aren't retweeting it, that that is an issue like yeah. there needs to be like a second <laughs> like a like a like a revi- like like an like a second wave of the tiger art yes. um no pressure to all of the artists yeah. <laughs> well all right so if if people want to find you or work that you have that you want people to find uh where where, where can they do that or if you also do not want them to find you, that is completely also valid. Uh, the internet is terrible and a mistake. Yeah, I'm mostly in do not perceive me mode. Um, but <laughs> completely if, valid. If you want to check uh, out Laosan stuff, feel free. Uh, LaosanCollective.com. It's good work. My social media is um, Kipagal Poetry. Um, on Instagram, I uh, am. I have this graphic that I've turned into a sticker and it's 
raises funds for families who were affected by the fires and floods. Um, it's a sticker that says immunocompromised people are worth protecting and it went viral multiple times. So I guess I cannot help but be perceived at this point, <laughs> despite objections. So yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I got poetry. Yeah, this this is what happens when you create things that are uh, both incredibly politically powerful and also gorgeous. So yeah, uh, be 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 cursed with uh, the reward for good work, which is also being perceived. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, you you can find uh, you can find us at Happen Here Pod on Twitter and Instagram. There's the cool zone. You can find it. Uh, yeah, go 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 retweet Tiger Art. Uh, go throw a brick at your sheriff. Uh, non-actionable, and yeah, destroy the American and Chinese states. Happy New Year's. Could Happen Here is a production of Cool Zone Media. For more podcasts from Cool Zone Media, visit our website, coolzonemedia.com, or check us out on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. You can find sources for It Could Happen Here updated monthly at coolzonemedia.com slash sources. Thanks for listening. With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality, potency, and consistency. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals, committed to improving your life as well as the world around you. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cashback on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024.